الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا وأسبغ علينا نعمه ظاهرة وباطنة وإن تعدوا نعمة الله لا تحصوها وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله لا شبيه له لا شريك له لا مثيل له لا وليد له ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير لا تدركه الأبصار وهو يدرك الأبصار وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا وهادينا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله ما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فنعم المولى ونعم الوكيل أما بعد Dear committed brothers and dear committed sisters An ayah comes to mind in the current context and developments that we are in. Allah Jalla wa'ala says in an ayah in Surah Al-Isra' وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَّرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا فَفَسَقُوا فِيهَا فَحَقَّ عَلَيْهَا الْقَوْلِ فَدَمَّرْنَاهَا تَدْمِيرًا <coughs> This ayah we have quoted on other occasions before we requote this ayah while we are in a world that seems to be in defiance of Allah the powers in this world the material powers in this world are acting as if Allah Tabaraka wa ta'ala doesn't exist and he's making it very clear 
his social laws are going to catch up with them. These people who are in high offices who disregard divinity and divine authority altogether. They can't get away with this. They are banking these people who think they have all the power in the world to get away with their plans. These people rely on our or let's say the populations of the world disregarding Allah Jalla Sha'nu. The presence of Allah, Allah is always present. It's only our human weakness and vulnerability that does not record His ever presence. He's present in these circumstances. <coughs> His presence is in our internal selves. His presence is in our external societies. His presence is dictated by our very nature. That's how significant and important His presence is. When we look at the world, look at ourselves first, because this is the area these powers, these physical and materialistic powers, they play on. It's because of our weakness and because of our withdrawal from Allah subhanahu. When we take a look at ourselves, Allah gave us five senses in which we can detect the outside world. We see things, we hear things, we touch, we smell, etc. These are the senses that we have. In this is the air, and this everyone knows this. What I'm saying right now is common knowledge. But this is what many people don't concentrate on. And that's the internal self. We have access to life and existence that are not specifically sensual. To give an example, to make a philosophical discourse simple, we sense or we feel hunger, but hunger is not subject to these five senses that we have. Or we experience love or hatred the love and the hatred that we experience are not subject to these five senses. These five senses work in the material world. But in our world inside, these senses don't work. I don't feel love with my fingers. I can't see love with my eyes. I can't sense love with my ears. 
This is the area that has been shrinking as the generations, one generation comes after the other, the awareness and the sensitivity and sensibility in this area begins to diminish. And along with it, the sensation of Allah Jalla Sha'no, that also begins to diminish. So we become human beings that are strictly moving or experiencing a material and physical world. That's where we are located. In this internal self of ours, there is a strong feeling of the presence of Allah. If we were not polluted by the materialistic information that circulates, if we were just communicating with our internal selves, our internal selves will acknowledge the existence of a power, a facility that is supernatural, way beyond what is human. This is why many philosophers who worked their minds, this is one area also that is very weak in us, the functionality of our minds. But those who work their minds, they realize that there is something that is beyond the physical. And they gave it their fancy word, the metaphysical. And they began to discourse on this issue. They began to come up with philosophies and theories and ideas about what this power or what this wisdom is that lies beyond the sensual world. That's in the world of philosophers. In the world of Sufis, they went inside themselves, that area that is not very much investigated by the materialistic world and its occupants. And in both methods, there is an acknowledgement of what the material world does not want to acknowledge. And that is the presence of Allah Azza wa Jal. The mind is a very precious thing. And we should reignite this Allah given faculty in us. And to work our mind a little, let us say that we are all in a closed room and there is someone ringing the bell or someone knocking the door. We don't know who that someone is. Let's say there are a few animals, let's say we're in a barn or something like that and there's a couple of animals with us. There's a cow and there's 
let's say a calf, they will hear that knocking on the door or that ringing of the bell, but they don't have the mental information to realize that there is an intelligent person doing what is being done, meaning ringing the bell or knocking the door. They don't have the capacity for that. Why? Because they are limited to strictly the physical senses. Those physical senses are not linked with a mind. So when we hear it, when we hear the knock or the bell ring, when we hear that, we know there's someone there. But who is there? And it depends on what type of information is circulating in our mind. Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a relative? Is it a stranger? Is the person young? Is the person old? Different things go through our mind. The same thing is happening and we don't know who that is until that person presents him or herself. They open the door and we see who the person is. Now this is a very simple way of putting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is knocking on our door. He is ringing our bell. Those who have become materialistic, they, they see what's going on. Let's say instead of Allah knocking on the door or ringing the bell, of course we are using these as simplistic examples. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't physically knock and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't physically ring a bell. So please don't take us in that direction. We're more intelligent than that. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents us with, let's say, and this happened during the past week, 15 inches of snow in the African Sahara. It's very unusual, something never happened before. And then you have the <coughs> extremities of the weather systems in this world. We know these things do not happen per chance. There's a relationship between our social world and our physical world. And that relationship is coordinated and calibrated. So when these things happen, it's not happening because there, there's no reason for them to happen. When we read the ayat of the Quran, if we read them with working minds, we realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not offer us any proof of his existence. Because there's no reason to do that as the proof of his existence is ingrained in our internal selves. That internal self that the materialistic world wants to eliminate from our consciousness. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reiterates throughout many ayat in the Quran is 
the misrepresentation or misidentification or misdefinition of him. In other words, the shirk and the kufr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this in many, many ayat in the Quran. To do that's why an ayah in the Quran says, Wallain sa'altahum, man khalaqa samawati wal ard, These enemies and opponents of Allah and His Prophet, if you ask them, who created the heavens and the earth, they're going to say, Allah. So even in the most inimical enemies of Allah's Prophet, if they were to be given uh, posed that question, who created the heavens and the earth? They're going to say Allah did so. So it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who tells us who He is. And we have to be careful because when He explains to us that He will not permit injustice to continue indefinitely there's going to be an end to it at one point that end comes in the material world it comes with the termination of civilizations the end of empires the collapse of superpowers that's how these things wind up if only we were thinking at the level of this Qur'an. Now, we come to those materialists in the world who say that Allah doesn't exist. You know, the reason they they can get away with a lot, they think they can get away with a lot of what they are. They say, well, God doesn't exist. I mean, but just think about this for a moment. This one sentence, God does not exist. This sentence is negating a concept that exists. And that concept that exists is from time immemorial, from the beginning. When Adam was created, Adam wasn't created as a baby. Adam was created as a full human being who had no yesterday. And he acknowledged Allah immediately. And this is embedded in our creation, the acknowledgement of Allah immediately. But that begins to fade away generation after materialistic generation. That acknowledgement begins to fade away. In the Quranic terminology is called ghafla. And this is what these people in power are trying to harvest in our time. The accumulation of our centuries-long ghafla of Allah's current, practical, overwhelming existence. That's virtually gone. And so right now, they're acting like Rambos. These people who are in power are acting like Rambos. So we go back to those who say, well, God doesn't exist. Think, take this home and think about it in your time 
of collected thoughts you are saying something that you know a concept that you know doesn't exist that has been with humanity there's different definitions of this concept of God there's a there's one definition in one religion there's one definition in one culture there's one definition in the past and a current one the definitions differ but the idea that there is wisdom and power embedded in life and existence from before eternity to the post end of time that is there so these people who say it doesn't exist they are saying something that exists doesn't exist now when you think about it in your mind step out of this statement for a moment step out of it and and imagine something because you can only imagine you can't think of something that doesn't exist imagine something that doesn't exist can you everything that you can imagine comes from your knowledge of things in existence can you imagine something that is not related to the things you know in existence you can't it's impossible something from nowhere and from nothing can you think of something from nowhere and nothing it doesn't have the coordinates of time and place and structure and none of that it has nothing of it can you come up with something like that you can't so when you are trying to refute something that exists and say it did, does not exist you are basically taking advantage of the people's ignorance and this atheism and materialism both of them go hand in hand come from our ghafla our inability to sense Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the level of our wujdan it's another one just like the acknowledgement of Allah's power and authority just like that faded away even the word wujdan has faded away with it if you wanted to bring that word into the English language it would sound something like existency Allah is in our existency in our internal existency when you think about language a word comes into existence to give definition to a meaning the meaning comes before the word that that's how languages begin there are meanings and to those meanings we attach words we don't create a word and then that word generates a meaning it doesn't happen that way these people in the world today this is the area that they are concentrating on let me give you an example 
from Allah's ever truthful book. There's an ayah in the Quran in Surah Muhammad it says, Mathalul Jannati Lati Wa'ida Biha al Muttaqoon. Mathalul Jannah Alati Wa'ida al Muttaqoon. Allah is saying, because we're, we're not going to be able to understand Al Jannah, because it is not made out of the substance of the material existence that we are familiar with. So he says, Mathalul Jannah. The semblance of Al-Jannah. He didn't say Haqiqatul Jannah. The fact of the Jannah is. He could only bring it within the distance of our understanding. In a Hadith Qudsi, Al-Haq subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He's talking about Al-Jannah. فِيهَا مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ In Al-Jannah, there are things that no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and no cons- or no internal thought has ever imagined. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because we are human beings, we can only understand from what we have experienced in this world. Al-Jannah is not of this world. So how are we going to understand it? If he told us the exact things that are in Al-Jannah, we would not understand it. Because those are... Meanings that have no words. As we said, our words come from the meanings that we experience. If we don't experience any meanings, we have no words. So if he coined words for us for what's in Al-Jannah, and we don't have meanings for them, we're not going to understand. And this is the best way to put it. فِيهَا مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of himself and he says, like the ayah, the first ayah that was quoted at the beginning of the khutbah, وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَرْنَا أَمَرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا If we want to destroy a civil society, a civil order, we address ourselves to the affluent, and then the other قراءه, We have the affluent become the decision makers of that society. Of that civil society. Of that qarya. وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَّرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا This is what's happening. The real world around, this is what's happening. These people who have this, all of this power, which they have. You can't, you can't say they don't have materialistic and physical and military powers. They have all of that. Look at it. It's impressive what they have. But what, what is, how does that compare to Allah? Al-Qawi, Al-Qadir, Al-Muqtadir, Al-Qahar, Al-Jabbar. How does that compare to that? 
nothing, nothing at all. But they behave with arrogance. So much arrogance that they say yesterday the occupant of the White House refers to African and Caribbean and South American people as, I mean, the word cannot even be stated in a khutbah. S-H-I-T-H-O-L-E. People. This come from a person, and he has a vice president who lives just a couple of blocks down this direction. Who's supposed to be religious. Where's his religiosity? Why doesn't he come and say, Mr. President, did I, did, are my ears playing uh, games on me? Did I hear you right? Is that what you said? Are those the words you used? And he claims to have the support of evangelical Christians. And the Christian right, and the conservatives, and all of this. Where are they? What do they say? How do they comment on this? Is there a God in their internal selves? In their conscience? We don't want to go into theological issues. Forget about theological issues for the moment. These are issues of ma'roof and munkar, which every human being can recognize as right and wrong. Where are these voices? Barely hear any of them speaking out against this munkar in the White House and the devastating effects he will have on country, on continent, and on the cosmos if he continues down this path. وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةً أَمَّرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا فَفَسَقُوا فِيهَا فَحَقَّ عَلَيْهَا الْقَوْلِ فَدَمَّرْنَاهَا تَدْمِيرًا أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ ادْعُوهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَأَنْتُمْ عَلَى يَقِينٍ بِالْإِجَابَةِ وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَّابٌ رَحِيمٌ الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى والتقى Dear committed brothers and dear committed sisters It is our contact with the external world, our sensual world, that has us most of the times beholden to the information that comes from that power structure. And what is happening, we have racism now making a comeback in multiple societies around the world, the bigotry the fanaticism, the hate that is ingrained in every racism now is gaining power, material and physical power. It's a phenomenon you can trace in this country. You can look at Europe and see what's happening there. 
you can look at the Israeli Zionists, you can look at the Hindu fanatics, you can look at other places and you'll find the racists, the bigoted politicians are gaining ground in their countries. One of the issues that these politicians have been flooding the public with in the past few weeks are the demonstrations in the Islamic Republic of Iran. If you tune into them, you think the people now are opposed to their government. And today, this occupant of the White House is supposed to make up his mind of whether to go ahead with honoring the nuclear deal that the government of the United States along with other European governments reached with the government of the Islamic Republic of Iran. The world is, Allah is watching. It's not the world that's watching. Allah Tabaraka wa ta'ala is watching this occupant in the White House. You are not watching him, waiting for him to come to Al-Akhirah. He's watching him in terms of the real world. There are consequences to the decision he makes in the real world. Inna ila rabbika ruj'a. Then in the other, on the other, in the internal world, the world that acknowledges Allah by nature. There's something happening in Nigeria. Demonstrations have been going on there for the past week or so. Massive demonstrations. And in other places of the world, the Nigerian government that is proving to be second fiddle to imperialism and Zionism, they've taken a personality, a very honest, down-to-earth, committed, sincere Muslim, Sheikh Ibrahim Az-Zakzaki. They put up, they shot him and his members of his family a couple of years ago, almost to be exact, two years and one month ago, and everyone's making believe nothing is happening. This is in the material world. In the world of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are very significant things that are happening, developing. First of all, if we, there are some of us Muslims who have a very strong racial feeling in them. And so they feel some type of relationship with the African continent. That's fine. But where, where are they now? When something like this is happening, especially we're talking about Muslims. A Muslim brother, a Muslim leader like that, treated the way he has been treated throughout these past years is a bullet in his body. His wife, the same thing. A bullet went through his eye and he has one eye without vision. The other eye he barely can see through. 
This didn't make any headline anywhere in the world. Why? Because they take advantage of our ghafla. The concept that I referred to in the khutbah that preceded this a few minutes ago. And the demonstrations, people are killed there. Why? Why do we have this? It's, it's the same thing that's happening here. 34 years on Embassy Row in Washington, D.C. And in the world of materialism, in the world of physical power, this is nothing. This doesn't register in their book. But in the book of Allah, these events are critical and could be the beginning of paradigm shifts. However way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works this out, we put in the effort and Allah brings about the result. Why does this imperialist, Zionist, mass media, why do they concentrate on protests in Iran. In the previous week, there were protests in Tunisia and in Sudan. No one mentioned them. No one. If you're not a keen reader of the details of what's happening in the real world today, you would not find that news item. People have been killed in demonstrations. The armed forces were called to duty in the streets of the cities in Tunisia, the, gover- the head of state of Sudan, President al-Bashir, put on his military uniform, and now the Sudanese military is on alert at the Eritrean border because of threats from Eritrea and Egypt together. You would think these would be headline news somewhere. No, the headline news is what's happening in Iran. What's happening in Nigeria to Muallim Ibrahim Zakzaki? what's happening to him is he has enlisted his life and his efforts in an Islamic way. The largest demonstrations for the day of Al-Quds in the world, excluding the Islamic Republic of Iran, the largest demonstrations were in Nigeria. His followers, the lowest estimates, are between 2 and 3 million people, Muslims and non-Muslims. The higher estimates place them between 10 and 15 million. We don't know exactly, but this is what is brought out. And who is taking notice of this? The same people who are looking at what's happening inside of Nigeria are the same ones who are playing up the events inside of the Islamic Republic. This speaker of yours happens to know Sheikh Ibrahim al-Zakzaki personally. And there are, he doesn't make any, he doesn't leave any questions about his commitment to the Islamic ideals and the Islamic objectives of the leadership in Islamic Iran. 
No questions there. And there are other people like that. You have them here in our locality and you have them in other countries and other places around the world. But why did they go after this particular person? There's a lesson in this particular person for those who say that they are Shi'is and followers of the line of the Imam. This particular leader is a Shi'i. He also doesn't hide his character, but he doesn't brag about it. He does not make it an issue of division among the Muslims. This character is not easy to come by. And our enemies, they identified him before the Muslims are capable of identifying him. So they went to him and we have what has happened in the previous couple of years. Can some of us learn from him? What is being done? You ask these people around who say that, yes, we are in the line of the Imam and we are followers of the Islamic revolution and we are this, that, and we are the number one Shi'is in the world. This ego that is embedded inside of them is something that disqualifies them from the attentions of the enemy. We don't know. They're trying to outsmart the enemy. Trying to fool. You know, okay, we are followers of the Imam. We don't want to do anything. And that way we are safe. We're not going to end up like a Sheikh Ibrahim a Zakzaki. What, are you proud of that? These people who run these Islamic centers and masajid and even schools. I'm not referring to any particular masjid or Islamic center or school. But there's an attitude out there that thinks that it is outfoxing the fox. And as a result, nothing is being done, nothing is being accomplished. And you have what you have. You can look at the facts. Look at them with your God-given mind and with the guidance from Allah and His Prophet and you be the judge. What can be done? The least that can be done is contact the, El the Nigerian mission, the embassy, the consulate, whoever you, you can contact. Contact them and express your outrage and your opposition to what that government is doing in support of Zionism and imperialism. This has brought them to the fore. And this event, this development, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how it will end. But up until now, this is what we have. Of course, in Nigeria, there are Saudi agents and mercenaries who will follow the money line even if that means spilling innocent Muslim blood those who have a little objectivity left in them who are in the Saudi camp in Nigeria and elsewhere it's high time for them to wake up to the shaitani character of the Saudi regime.
the head of their soccer association is breaking news to his countrymen and saying this coming Ramadan the Saudi soccer team is going to be given license for iftar during the days of Ramadan look as if that is some type of progressive news that he is uh, enunciating for his public and then we had I'm, I'm sure and I hope some of you were aware of the wedding that took place in the area of Mecca of all places on earth in the area of Mecca uh, two homosexuals were getting married this was just on last Wednesday or so they were getting married and some person had them on videotape one of them dressed as a man the other one dressed as a woman and it was a marriage ceremony it was so incensing to the public that one of the newspapers that wanted to carry the news item was told by the government you cannot do that these this is in the ritualistic world we're not speaking politics here some of these people in the Saudi camp they're afraid oh, politics ideology oh afraid of what you read the Quran you understand Allah and his prophet but anyways we will accept you with your weakness and we'll look at it in the world of rituals look at what is happening in front of your own eyes one of their own emirs, one of their own princes who took issue with the official news item about the incarceration of 11 of their princes last week when they showed up at one of the palaces to say what you are saying about taking the detainees from the Ritz-Carrollton to a notorious prison called Al Ha'er prison. Prison. Well, they took that prince and took care of him. They disappeared him. This is how they behave. This, these are some of their own. Reminds us of Bani Israel, the first generation, and how they behave towards some of their own. But only those who think can understand. اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا إننا سمعنا مناديا ينادي للإيمان أن آمنوا بربكم فآمنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد ربنا صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم 
في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة Allah, 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 Allah,